Killing in the Name of is a podcast intended for adult audiences. It contains sensitive subject matter and bad jokes about that sensitive subject matter. So if you're a bit squeamish or find that sort of humour distasteful, we may not be for you. You have been warned. about Moida. 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 Moida in the southwest. <laughs> <laughs> southwest of the UK. Yes. This week we're coming back home. Yes, we're, we're local this week on Killing in the Name of. We are in Gloucestershire. 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 I don't know why I'm making fun of that accent because you are That's from my accent. <laughs> Gloucestershire and you don't have that accent. I'm not from Gloucestershire. I'm from very nearby. Just not Gloucestershire. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to dox yourself. Um, okay. I'm not, I'm not doing that this week. I've learned my lesson from last time. I, uh, I'm definitely not from Gloucestershire. I, I'm, no. I'm from, I'm from London's waiting area, innit? You're one of them posh boys. Uh, you can, calling names isn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> calling it as I see it. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're back home. We're yes. back home for this. So this week, we are killing in the name of Fred West. Okay. And I, I made a mistake last week mm. when I introduced the fact that we'd be talking about Fred West, because it's not just him we're talking about. We are also talking about his horrible wife, Rose. Fred West and his horrible wife, Rose. She was vile. <laughs> Why? Okay, so... So, like, is it normal that they wouldn't be included together in talking about them? Is there a reason you forgot about them, or are you just bad at your job? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when you when you talk about Fred West, you just say Fred West, don't you? Like, you don't always say Fred and Rose. The Rose is implied. That's like saying um, talking about the Cray twins individually. It doesn't. It feels wrong. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just Fine. I'm saying it how I see it. Okay. And I see it with a no oh, I can't. No. No brain brain no work. Brain, brain no, no work. work. Uh, let's 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 I guess I guess let's get to it then. Yes. So let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Frederick Walter Stephen West. Was born on the twenty. What is it with these serial killers having a million names? I don't know. You could ask their parents, but they're definitely dead. <laughs> you didn't have to make it so <laughs> passive aggressive. Like it wasn't like me. Like I was saying, look, Meg, I need you to study, put to put out a study on the names of serial killers and their implications in their general behaviour. I am. Um... I, I was asking a question. I think they have a million names because that's how it was back in the day. So uh, like, when you say back in the day, so how old are we talking about here? So this is early 40s. He was born okay. in 
September, on the 29th of September in 1941. That's around the same time as John Wayne Gacy. Was it? Possibly. I might be remembering wrong. <laughs> might be braining bad. Might be braining bad. I'm very tired today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I know we've only just done John Wayne Gacy Jr., but I've already forgotten when he was born. <laughs> this, is, this is how this podcast works. We fire and forget. You put out the episode and you forget everything to do with it. Sounds about right. It's how I live my life, Meg. <laughs> it genuinely is. So, uh, so Fred West was born in Much Markle in Herefordshire. How much Markle? More Markle than you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how much Markle are we talking about here? Are we talking about a Mega Markle? Are we talking about half a Markle? Are we talking about Mark Markle? Who's Mark Markle? I've made him up. Okay. I realised that the only Markle I knew was Mega Markle and that we weren't really going to get much comedic uh, <laughs> mileage out of that. So I decided to make up some information. I'm trying to help the podcast here. Spreading false information about poor Mark. <laughs> you should have heard what we said about uh, fucking John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> um, Fred West was the first surviving child of Walter Stephen West and Daisy Hannah Hill. They were like a poor family of farmhands. One of them was a hill. I that's, don't, that's, I how, that's how that's how that's how this uh, this relationship worked. The farmer who just loved his hill <coughs> a little bit too much. <laughs> little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, and that was a very short relationship. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was from a poor family of farm workers. His mum gave birth to eight children in all, but only six of them survived. That kind of sucks. That does suck. But again. Product of the time, right? Like, yeah. if you're going to have a million kids, some of them are going to die. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I know it's something that is frowned upon a little bit now to have loads of kids, but back in the day, you had to. I don't know, like, Octomom is pretty celebrated. Is she celebrated, or is she... Fished? I don't know. Fished? Octo... Um... I would say that she's celebrated. People think that she's like this fantastic thing. And I'm putting my I put my opinion out there. You don't have to be celebrated just because you got a strong vagina. <laughs> I think they're probably walking out by that point. <laughs> you get to number six and they just kind of roll into the into the nurse's arms. <laughs> this one's easy. If you sneeze too hard, they come out on a lift. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, Fred West's dad was the product... No, Fred West was the product of a farmer and a mound of grass. Yes. And Fred was that mound of grass's favourite. He could do no wrong in her eyes. Probably a good thing she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the West children were expected to... to, 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 to mm-hmm. The West, Take two. the West children were expected to do chores, and all six of them did like seasonal work. So, putting he, mustard on stuff. <laughs> Salt my sofa. Uh, Pepper that picture. I'm, I'm going with alliteration now. Um, he had three sisters who would pick hops and strawberries in the summer, and nice. him and his brothers would harvest wheat and hunt rabbits. It sounds wholesome. Yeah, like it. Not a not a bad life for a poor family, you know, like 
pretty pretty chill. Yeah, picking hops, chasing rabbits. I guess I guess that's how they divide the work. They were like, hops and rabbits are very much a thing. So let's make sure you have a rabbit-related task between the two of you. <laughs> Um, the necessity of working to earn a living or even to survive instilled a strong work ethic in Fred, who developed a lifelong habit of petty theft. <laughs> strong work ethic and <laughs> petty theft. Uh, that seems that seems like it's disproven within the within the sentence. Because uh, you like, must have to work hard to steal things all the time. But surely that's an antithetic to to the idea of working hard, like. You work for the money, and the money you buy stuff. Not you work for the money, and then keep all the money and take all the stuff. Now you become a millionaire. <laughs> well, that you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Classmates were uh, <sighs> fucking hell. Classmates recall Fred being scruffy, dim, lethargic, and regularly getting into trouble. Yeah, it's one of my people. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout his life, he was scarcely literate. Okay, which isn't. Does that mean he was scared of words? Terri ah, and <laughs> terrified of the letter J. Everyone's terrified of the letter J. Um, he displayed there's, an aptitude. Spanish people are so terrified of the letter J they don't even pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit off color. He displayed an aptitude for woodwork and artwork, and he left school at fifteen to work as a laborer at Moorcourt Farm, which I think is the farm that he grew up on. Like, I think he. He went into, like, full-time work there. Okay. So Fred claimed that he was introduced to sex at 12 by his mother. <laughs> son, this is sex. Sex, my son. Um, <laughs> I'll leave you two to play. He was also uh, supposedly having engaged in bestiality as a teenager. Oh, so he should have had the hops half of that um, arrangement. Rather than the rabbit half of that arrangement, I reckon. Um, he he also had a belief that incest was normal and stemmed from his father's incest with his sisters. Oh, that took a fucking turn. Yeah. I'd say it took a turn. It was already gross. Um, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see the incest coming. Uh, it it's kind of like like his childhood so far. Like I get he's a teenager now, but um. Also, when it says it was introduced to sex by his mother, is that Suggesting that his his mother he fucked him, his mother. <laughs> I was I was gonna put it more delicately. He he dicked it. <laughs> I was gonna say done him wrong. But um, his brother Doug has dismissed these claims as fantasy on Fred's part. But right. there may be an element of, of truth in it. Okay, like, like we, it's, we it's early to start having those fantasies, isn't it? Is it? Well, how, he was twelve. Yeah, but. You're going through puberty at 12. Yeah, but at 12, I I didn't think that my family were trying to have sex with me. No, but, like, boys and little boys want to be Robin. Robin. <laughs> Fred West did, but... Um... He wants to be Robert the Bruce. <laughs> the, the greatest of all of historical figures. Robert the Bruce! <laughs> um... <laughs> I will rule Scotland from personal experience with 12 year old boys as a 12 year old girl not as an adult little boys just want to rub their dick on stuff I think we should I want to move away from this part of the conversation moving on I'm pressing the movie on button you can't stop I'm pressing it right now 
1957, Fred and his brother John frequently socialised at a youth club in Ledbury, where his distinct and guttural Herefordshire accent marked him as a country bumpkin. A country bump. So distinct and guttural. Mm-hmm. So it's very low. Con- oh, all right. Hey, Phil. It's it's me, Fred West. <laughs> you sound like a lot of people from my hometown. <laughs> yeah, funny that. <laughs> um, Fred aggressively pestered young women and girls who he would. Fucking hell, why can't I talk? Why can't I talk good? Why can't I do speak well? <laughs> um, Fred aggressively pestered young women and girls whom he would objectify as sources of pleasure to be used as he saw fit and would abrupt, uh, abruptly approach and fondle them. I wish I could say words without my tongue getting in the way. <laughs> mm. I, it's weird to describe the uh, the action of that as abrupt. Like... As if you're just having a conversation with some guy at the youth club. Yeah, yeah. All right, oh, all right I'm back again. It's me. Um, I, I touch the bottom of the little girls over here, and it's like literally to stop for it to be abrupt. He would have to immediately stop what he was doing and like as it as he was doing it, and then go and do this thing very quickly. And yeah, it's like the dogs from Up. Yeah. Squirrel! Yeah, yeah that. <laughs> Fiddling! Oh, pardon me, I, every podcast is going to have me burping in it. Cause I, it, it it's alright, it humanises you. I it'll stop people from seeing you... What do you mean you, I'm hu- humanising me? I am human. It'll stop people from seeing you as a digital god. Um. Digital gods don't burp. <laughs> this, this podcast comes right off. It, she's a fraud. When a girl accepted Fred's advances, she would find his sexual performance unsatisfying as his only goal was his own sexual gratification. So he, a selfish motherfucker. Sounds like most men, to be fair. Not most men. Sounds like a fair amount of men. Some of them are good. Some of them care about a lady's bits. (laughs) Not me, though. I'm, I'm a selfish young man. Well, selfish old man now. After Fred's 17th birthday, he bought a motorcycle, and two months after that, had an accident that left him unconscious for seven days. It's probably rubbing his dick on it. <laughs> and a stick in the exhaust. <laughs> they called it a crotch rocket for a reason. Because of the accident, he developed an extreme fear of hospitals and became prone to fits of rage. Two years later, Fred suffered a further head injury after he groped a girl on a fire escape at that same youth club, and she pushed him, sending him falling down the stairs. You start to think that maybe his uh, he would reconsider some of his actions, having a fear of hospitals. Like also, that's a very I want to know more about what happened in hospital to make him have a fear of hospitals. Because he like get on a bike, have an accident, go in hospital, and then that makes you have a fear of hospitals. I suppose it's like having tests done, not being allowed to go home. You're just stuck in one place for ages. Like I kind of get it. But then you'd also think that that would inform future decisions of I don't want to do this if it's dangerous I'll get I'll get put in a hospital. Mm. I like know. this is why I um why obsessively um oh you're right <laughs> did you just spill your tea down you 
You were drinking it quite funny. You had your arm up in a weird angle. <laughs> it was like it was like you were trying to drink it by oh. wrapping your arm around your head first. I was <laughs> trying to focus on keeping the tea bag down. So I was watching my arm. Yeah. Keeping the tea bag down. And the tea bag moved anyway and hit me in the chops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry. Well, I don't know why I'm apologising. I'm not a cup. Or a tea bag. Anyway, I forgot what I was saying. You carry on. Sorry. I didn't mean to nearly drown. <laughs> it's it's alright. It's alright. We'll, we'll forgive you this time. In June 1961, Fred's 13-year-old sister, Kitty, told her mother that Fred had been raping her since the previous December and that she was now pregnant. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, arrested the same month, Fred openly admitted to police that he'd been molesting young girls since his early teens and asked, doesn't everybody do it? See, so this is... So his sheltered upbringing was was what made him go a bit funny to begin with. Still, but then we don't know if it's true or not, whether he actually had the fucking weird upbringing. Well, like, this is like the conversation that we were having the other day about whether you can be born evil or whether you learn to be evil as you're growing up. So, like, by all accounts, he had a really wholesome upbringing. Like, real, like, just farm life. You just you go and do. But he is an evil man. So was he, was he born to be evil or...? I think we're all born evil and then we learn to be good. We're all born selfish because all we want is dem boobies. I still don't only want dem boobies. I'm a boob dude. Not to be confused with the boob tube. <laughs> One of us can talk. <laughs> You're a slim piece of fabric that goes around the titties. That talks. And the titbees. <laughs> uh, arrested the same month, Fred... Oh, no, I did that bit already. Mm. Try again. Um, he was tried on 9th of November, and although disgusted by his actions, his mother was prepared to testify in his defence. Wow. Yeah. How do you defend that? Well, oh, but just going, it, it didn't do it. My daughter's a liar. She got herself pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was. It was her dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we all know that you can get pregnant via masturbation. You're having sex with yourself. We're all snails at heart. Maybe it's all those rabbits. Ah, that's what, that's what they mean when they say they're shagging like rabbits. It means rabbits being on their own, in their own burrow, by themselves, get themselves pregnant. Yes. Because that's how reproduction works. <laughs> it does in certain species, like rabbits. It does in... Uh, I can't remember who it is. It might be sea snails or sea slugs. that They can get themselves pregnant. Can't worms impregnate themselves? Possibly. Or are they just... Oh, I don't know. I don't know how worms work. This is what we're saying. Kitty, you're a worm. So mean. <laughs> how dare you besmirch the name of Frederick... Jonathan Valentine Bismuth West. What's his name again? Um, Walter Stephen. <laughs> Not even Fred? No, Frederick Walter oh. Stephen. I was just giving you the middles. <laughs> um, Kitty refused to testify and the case collapsed. Much of Fred's family disowned him and his mother banished him from the household. He moved into the much Markle house of his Aunt Violet. By mid-1962, he had reconciled with his parents, but his relationship with the rest of the family was pretty non-existent. I have a question. I may have an answer. <laughs> you know how when we were doing John Wayne Gacy, mm -hmm. and it took us until halfway through episode two 
for you to reveal that he's that serial killer that dresses up as a clown. Mm-hmm. Is there something like that going to happen here? Have we skipped. Have we skipped anything here that is very um, important to the story? As far as I'm aware, Fred West never dressed up as anything. Okay. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, that's all right then. <laughs> Not a secret costume hidden in the back of his little cupboard. <laughs> he used to dress as a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> And go around slapping me with mustard because his mum made him season all the furniture. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Fred first met Catherine Rena Costello at a dance hall in Much Marco in 1960. They dated for several months mm-hmm. before she moved to Scotland. They were reintroduced. To date Robert the Bruce! <laughs> they were reintroduced in 1962 when Fred was 21. Costello was pregnant by an Asian bus driver at the time of her marriage to Fred. And they and may have relocated from Glasgow to England due to her family's displeasure. Family's displeasure of her being pregnant with a mixed race child. I'm I'm confused. Okay, so could you repeat that bit, please? Which bit? Um, the, all the moving about. Um. So she like got knocked up by an Asian guy. Yeah. Then moved from Glasgow to Gloucestershire. Uh huh. Because her parents didn't like the fact that she was pregnant with a Asian man's baby. Oh, so they were like, "Look, if you move, we'll be fine." I don't. I don't think she really had anything to do with her parents after she moved. Oh, we don't have a problem. We have a problem with the baby, and we know what's going to solve that: the location of the baby. That will stop it from being a mixed race baby. She married Fred on the seventeenth of November, nineteen sixty-two. The sole guest of Fred's wedding was his younger brother, John. <laughs> oh, it's nice that you got into soul music. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a few seconds, but some of them are worth it. I got told by um, a listener that um, I need to tell less jokes. He ain't wrong. <laughs> it wasn't a he. It was my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> um, the couple lived in Fred's aunt's home. How do you want me to tell less jokes? Do I just... Uh, is it just... Is, it'll turn into just me listening. I don't know how to help in this. <laughs> okay, I'll try... I'll try ten less jokes from now. Okay. okay. The couple lived in Fred's aunt's home and then moved to Coatbridge, where Fred worked as an ice cream van driver. Mmm, interesting. <laughs> Got nothing to say about Coatbridge. No! Nothing at all. Uh, Rena's daughter Charmaine was born in March 1963. Mm-hmm. Tell and, me more. And to explain her mixed race, mm-hmm. uh, Rena and Fred claimed that Rena had suffered a miscarriage and that Charmaine was adopted. Interesting. Carry on. <laughs> Shortly after that, the couple relocated to Glasgow, so they've gone back up to where she came from. I can't do this anymore. Um, Cobridge. <laughs> a bridge made of coats. <laughs> um. Okay. So they've gone. They've gone back to Glasgow. Back to wait. Does the uh, does the father of uh, the child get back involved again? No. Mm. Uh, In July 1964, Rena bore Fred a daughter, Anna Marie. Uh, Neighbours of the West recall Rena being a considerate mother, struggling to bring up two children, while Fred treated the children harshly. Kept the girls in the bottom of a bunk bed that had been fitted with bars across the bunks, like little prisons. <laughs> Just the girls? Mm-hmm. He's only got two girls. Oh, right, sorry. I thought you... 
I thought it was like, well, it would have been just as just as horrible to to be like, um, uh, to 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 separate the 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 genders of the. I don't know why I'm stuttering so much here. <laughs> I'm doing a very Hugh Grant thing right now. Oh, just very very. But the the genders of the two of them. Whatever. You done? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like this is this is really difficult for me this week. <laughs> um. So he he kept his kids in a cage. Mm. They were only allowed out of their cages while he was at work, which sucks. So he just doesn't want to be around them. Uh, I don't think it's that he doesn't want to be around them. I think that he wants to have control of them. And what's the best way to control someone is to put them in a box. <laughs> but let them out when you're not there. I'd have kept them in there. <laughs> I'd have been like twenty four seven cages for you. Um, you'll be let out. Never. Through the West Nanny, Isa McNeil, they became acquainted with 16-year-old Anna McFall, or Anne, Anne McFall? Anne McFall, not Anna. I got my facts wrong. That's all right. Basically uh, the same. Who spent a lot of time at the West Flat. Well, whoo, where did that sentence go? Uh, she spent a lot of time at the West Flat after her boyfriend died in a workplace accident. I don't know what the accident is. Oh, you knew exactly what I was going to ask. Mm. In your face, you can see in my face that I was going, Ooh, ah, where, where does he work? Where did he work? Don't know. Oh, uh, you're not giving me all the juicy stuff here, Meg. It's details that don't matter, <laughs> but it's details that could get me a great joke. I need to tell less jokes, but the jokes I tell need to be better. Fred admitted to having numerous affairs while the two were married and fathered one illegitimate child. When Rena discovered his infidelity, she took up her, uh, took up her own affair with John McLaughlin. Which is a name that I really struggle to say. <laughs> John McLaughlin. 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 <laughs> I thought you were going to say she would, that she left and took the prison bed with her on <laughs> but, little wheels. Not the kids, just the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very fond of this bed. You know what's going to? You know what's going to really get his goat? The idea that I've left him without a prison bed. They'll be running amok throughout the house, whether or not he's at work. On one occasion, Fred caught the pair in an embrace and punched Rena, making her scream. In response, McLaughlin punched Fred, who drew a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> That's a very good drawing. <laughs> well done, Fred. Um, also, I, this is something that I've had in my head for ages. But when you say an embrace, does that mean what? What does that mean to you? I think like it's. Like a like a cuddle, like a little kissy cuddle. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, what, what, I don't. I never thought that kisses would be part of it, because you can embrace someone, and it would just be holding them. You hold someone in like a warm embrace. It's just it's an affectionate cuddle, isn't it? Which is why I, I think like in a little kissy cuddle, because like when we when we cuddle, do little kisses. Like, like is that why braces are called braces? Does it cuddle your body? Because they cuddle your teeth. Oh. Give them little kisses. <laughs> oh, you think you were thinking of suspender braces. Yeah. Like um what they're called. Um Suspenders. No, they're um the the straps. <laughs> Those things, yeah. Aren't they just called braces? You're right, carry on. Uh. Can't you get braces for your socks as well. Little sock suspenders. Your socks don't have teeth. Those ones I nearly bought the other day, did <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah, the ones I sent you a picture of. Oh, yeah. 
Um, when McLaughlin punched him a second time, Fred just stopped defending himself. He was just like, cool, we're done here. <laughs> there's, a, there's been a pattern so far also of, uh, of serial killers stopping defending themselves at some point in their life. McLaughlin recalled that Fred couldn't tackle a man but wasn't slow in attacking a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll find that a lot in Bastard Men. He and Rena continued their affair, and McLaughlin became astonished at Rena's black eyes. On each occasion that it was beautiful. Ob- on each occasion that it was obvious that Fred had beat Rena, McLaughlin would beat Fred in return. So it was like trying to show him, like trying to teach him a lesson. But- yeah. Clearly not working because Fred does not give a shit. Yeah. Uh, another time, McLaughlin witnessed Fred striking Charmaine, who was a little older than toddler. Charmaine's his kid. It, it, the first baby, not right. his baby, but his step baby. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he hit her across the head for asking for an ice cream, and this like incurred another beating from McLaughlin. Have an ice cream. I'll give you a reason to scream. <laughs> On the fourth of November, I know that date very well. It's the date when um happened. Exactly. Um, on the fourth of November, nineteen sixty-five. Fred accidentally ran over and killed a small boy in Glasgow with his ice cream van. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think about the ice cream van bit. I was just thinking he accidentally ran over and killed a small boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, sprinted up to Yeah, him, sprinted up to him, him, stabbed him, and was like, oh, crap, I, this, oh, holy crap, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, he was cleared of any wrongdoing, but feared that, like, his neighbours were going to be really hostile towards him. Well, they would have. So Fred moved back to Gloucestershire with the children. And rent, his ice cream van. and rented a caravan to live in. He likes things with wheels. Rena joined him in 1966, accompanied by Isa and Anne. So wait, wh- why did she come back? I thought she was having an, having it off with somebody else. Yeah, but she still married him. Oh yeah, I forgot about that old mm. loophole. The ring. If okay. Shortly after the move, Fred found employment driving a lorry for a local abattoir. Back to the beginning. Working for killing ducks. Killing them rabbits. Killing them rabbits. <laughs> shagging them rabbits. No, it, don't you work with, like, cattle in an abattoir? It's just killing animals for okay. butchery. Butchery pokery. Yeah. By early 1966, Fred had begun to exhibit dominance and control over all three women in the household. The finest year, according to football fans everywhere. <laughs> he, um... He was prone to violent outbursts. Outbursts. <laughs> is that when? Is that when he got really angry? But suddenly everything would stop smelling bad. <laughs> the Fabrizios. Um, he was prone to violent outbursts and mood swings, mostly towards Rena and Isa. He's also reported to have been physically attacking and and uh, physically attacking and sexually abusing Charmaine, and to have encouraged Rena to become a sex worker to supplement his wages. Dick. Arse. I don't Tits. Know. <laughs> I don't know why. Don't know why. It's, it's kind of shocking. All of this is kind of shocking. Like, this is probably one of the, like, the more brutal ones that I'm going to talk about. Like, the, 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 uh, the kilometer is definitely 
Oh, I was going back down towards the, the, the zero mark at this point. I, I, I find it harder with, um, like, when, when talking about serial killers, talking about the ones that, like, sexually abuse their victims. Yeah. Like, that makes me all sorts of uncomfortable. So, like, this is pretty high up on, like, the gross meter for me. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that, because, you know, I, well, listeners, you do not know, but here's an insight into me that you didn't ask for and don't care for either. I, I, I find it really, 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 really awful when um, sex and violence are combined in certain ways. Um, why watching season two of The Boys was really <laughs> difficult. And season one as well. Oh yeah, season one was was hard. I managed to get through that though. The, but... With the head thing. Oh, they're all. Ugh. It's always head things, and I don't like head stuff either. Yeah, I don't like head stuff. Like anyone getting bashed in the head, it makes me feel really sick. Oh, bash in the head, I'm okay. But if like you... their head is like smushed open. Yeah, if their head yeah. is smushed mm-hmm. open, like fucking uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones, spoiler alert, where uh, oh the viper, the viper bit. gets his fucking head oh. smushed open. That's fucking horrible. I hate it so much. Poor mustachioed man. Well, it was, uh, what's his name? Mandalorian, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever his name is. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> uh, the guy from The Last of Us. Is he in that? He's going to be, he is, he's the main character oh, in the new yeah. Last of Us game. Okay. No, because if, if it was the game, The Last of Us, then it'd be Troy Baker. Uh, we do Tro- love Troy we Baker love in this Troy household. Baker. Troy Baker, Austin Wintry. That's another podcast you guys should listen to, the Play Watch Listen podcast. Stop plugging other people's <laughs> podcasts on my show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to escape Fred's domestic... <laughs> to escape Fred's domestic abuse and sexual demands, Rena phoned McLaughlin. <laughs> Do you want some water? I want to be able to speak like a human being. Maybe water will help. I'm going to hold my phone. Yeah, I'm, don't look at my research. I'll try not to. Don't look at it. <laughs> I, I, this is very tempting now. See, before I was just, I was just holding a phone, and now I'm holding this podcast in my hands. I'm gonna have a little quick look. Ah, uh, uh, oh, it's so small writing. I couldn't like, see anything. You're like God. You got the whole world in your hands. Well, people write songs about me having the whole world in my hands. Doesn't necessarily mean I have it. You got such big hands, you can hold the whole oh, world. I do have huge hands. Hands as big as. Most people's heads. Super hands. <gasps> Squishing hands. <laughs> Head squisheroos. And start this paragraph again. <laughs> okay. To escape Fred's domestic abuse and sexual demands, Rena phoned McLaughlin to come and rescue her, Isa, and the children. Rena, McLaughlin, and Isa had devised a plan where McLaughlin would drive to Bishop's Cleave and discreetly take the women back to Scotland. There's a lot of towns in here that I haven't recognised the name of yet. I know that Bishop something or other sounds like a town near here, but... Bishop Sutton? Yeah, but what's the bishop's bit? Does that mean it's had a cathedral in it at some point? Or I have no idea. A bishop used to live there. I'm sure. It moves diagonally if placed on a chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to breathe again. It's alright, you can burp. Do, do you want me to fill the, the, the dead air here? Oh, you've done it already. Sorry. It's alright. Anne, at this stage, had become infatuated with Fred, who promised to marry her, like the scumbag he is. Mm Mm-hmm. It's likely that Anne had informed Fred of the plan as he arrived at the meeting place at the same time, and Anne was oddly calm as she informed Isa that she'd be staying with Fred and was going to nanny the children. So, like, this, the whole 
plan fell apart because it was like Fred's just gonna keep the kids. He's fucked up Rena's plan. I really feel for Rena. She's had a hard time. An altercation ensued between Fred and McLaughlin again. Resulting is just a punchy man, and Fred is just a man who deserves to be punched. He I only don't knows think... how to speak with his fists. Yeah, it's like um, it, it's like you know. He could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> could have been somebody. Um, you know, you know when like you have those kids' toys, and it's like the triangle and the circle and the square, and you have fitting it whole... into the box. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's as if Fred West is that box with the holes in. And McLaughlin's fists are shaped like triangles <laughs> and circles. Like, it would be wrong of him to not smash through one of those holes. I've lost where I am in my research. Um, it was... um, an altercation ensued between Fred and McLaughlin, resulting Again. in Fred being struck several times as he clung on to Charmaine and Anna Marie. So he's like, he's got the kids with him. This At the moment, this is just like, this feels... Like, very familiar family drama. Feels very Jeremy Kyle. Yeah. Like, he's going to whack out the paternity test at some point. For uh, for our American and Canadian listeners, Jeremy Kyle is the equivalent of... I wouldn't even... I wouldn't say it's like Jerry Springer, but... Is it like Maori? Yeah. It, yeah, it, I guess it's, I guess it's this, the most similar thing as Maori. It's not as gripping as uh, as Dr. Phil. <laughs> oh, actually, it might be... I think the closest comparison was the... You know, the, the, the security guard um, that was on Jerry Springer that went off and did his own show? No. I'll look it up. Hold on. Um... um it was uh, um, oh, sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to find it. Oh sorry, my phone's going off now. I'm ruining the podcast. Uh Jerry Springer Security. Steve Wilco's the Steve Wilco show. Okay. So essentially the Steve Wilco show was him being a big tough bodyguard and getting like Mostly getting abusive husbands on the show, and is it so he could fight them? Well, no, he would just. It wasn't so he could fight them, but it was like confronting them, and right. and there was a lot of there was a lot of. If you can hit a woman, why don't you hit me? Okay. So, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. But yeah, that's what uh, that's what Jeremy Carl showed. Yeah. Like. I um I went to school with a few people that ended up on the Jeremy Carl show. <laughs> I uh my 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 ex girl one of my ex girlfriend's friends was on the Jeremy Carl show, and they did him wrong. Did they? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go into it, but did they, the date on him? They portrayed him in a very negative light. Man. Um, the police were called during the during the altercation. Yep. And McLaughlin, Isa, and Rena left with Fred threatening to kill Rena if he ever saw her again. Okay. But to ensure her daughter's well-being, Rena frequently travelled to England to see her kids and saw Fred as well. Like, they were still married at this point. Oh, it's complicated. Complicated relationship. Uh, Rena initially tried to maintain her friendship with Anne. She eventually began to resent her because she was, like, being a, a matriarchal presence around her kids. And that was, like, giving her the heebs. Yep. So, um, It'd give me the heebs as well. <laughs> on October 11th, in an act of spite, Rena stole some of, uh, yeah, Rena stole some belongings from Fred's caravan, 
and returned to Glasgow. And he got her arrested the following month and returned to Gloucester to go to trial. This seems very unfair. He he's treating it like shit. Oh no, the system seems unfair. Like, how come he's got away with all this bullshit and then she steals a few knickknacks from his caravan and, and he's like, um, police? And the police are like, oh yes, yes, absolutely. When a man calls the police, let's arrest the woman. But uh, when a woman calls the police, let's allow the tomfoolery to continue. Well, I don't know whether it's because, like, during the first altercation, um, they might not have pressed charges. They might have asked for it to be dropped for the but, sake of the children. But loads of stuff has been happening. Yeah. That's police worthy. Don't know what to say. Sting has a lot to answer for. Um, on the 29th of November, Rena was sentenced to three years probation. Fred testified at a hearing admitting that him and Anne were living together, but falsely claimed that she intended on returning to Scotland. Okay. After the trial, Anne moved into the caravan, into a caravan, even in the same park, and Rena alternated between living with Fred and going back to Glasgow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anne wrote letters to her family between 1966 and 1967, indicating that she believed like a relationship with Fred would benefit her like it would make her life better if she stayed with Fred and married him instead of going back to Scotland mm-hmm. and she tried to persuade Fred to divorce his wife and just marry her instead this is all very complicated I'm getting very confused by a lot of this like Anne at this point is just she's a kid she is a child like is she? yeah because they met her when she was 16 yeah so she's 17 now and like has this warped perception that Fred is a good guy and he can provide for her. So, like, she's she's a misled child, mm. which sucks. Well, I'm I'm still very confused by a lot of all this. There's a lot of, like, people moving around and people living in places yeah. and stuff happening, and it's all happening very fast. Would you rather I spoke slow? No! <laughs> no, I'd rather you sped up, if anything. Go. Faster. In July 1967... That's Anne... not faster. Sorry. Stop. I'll stop. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. In July 1967, Anne, aged 18 and eight months pregnant with Fred's child, vanished. She was never reported missing, but her dismembered remains were found buried at the edge of a cornfield between Muchmarkle and Kempley. In June 1994. Holy so, shit. So it's starting. So, but like 1967, she went missing mm. and she wasn't found until just after I was born. Bloody hell. Like literally a month after I was born, she was found. So a month after you were born. And what was it that we found out in the last episode that John Wayne Gacy was executed? The Day after I was born. So, oh, so it's all it's it's all hanging around you at the moment. You are patient zero, or at least you're the you're the you're the um, axes that patient zero's globe spins around. <laughs> this analogy is getting convoluted, and I'm really sorry. Um, her limbs had been carefully disarticulated, and many phalange bones were missing from her body, and her unborn child had been cut from the womb. Whoa, there was no need to do that. Fred initially denied that he had killed Anne, but confided in a visitor following his arrest that he had stabbed her to death following an argument. 
I can't say anything about that. I'm still reeling about the fact they cut the baby out. The following month, Rena returned to live with Fred and the couple relocated to Lake House Caravan Park. Don't know where that is, but I'd like to see it. Okay. <laughs> the refle- reflationship. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was wonderful <laughs> and full of hot air. <laughs> oh, that's what the Blue Festival is for. What's a celebration of Fred and Rena's relationship? Yeah, yeah, reflationship. Their relationship initially improved, but Rena left the following year, again leaving the children in his care. On the occasion that Fred had no one to look after the children, he would leave them in the care of Gloucester Social Services. Can you do that? I don't think so. <laughs> At like, least now you can. Like, if you can't afford a babysitter, can you get a social worker just come and sit? Hey, hey, thanks for coming to see them. There's, there's here's some money for some pizza. There's a there's a there's a soft drink in the fridge. Don't have your boyfriend over. <laughs> Don't yeah. No fucking on my couch. Over. Sorry about that massive click, by the way. We uh, uh passed a bottle of water between us and it caught the mic. Sharing is scary. Scary. Guess what you said. Sharing, sharing is, scary. is caring. <laughs> Would you like a crisp? Ah! <laughs> ah, ghost. <laughs> ghost crisp. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of giving! Ah! Um, ghost crisps are just farts after you've eaten an entire bag of Doritos. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> they don't feel like ghost crisps. Oh, you can't feel a ghost, can you? No, they just pass through you. Ghost. Oh my god! <laughs> Doritos are ghosts! Rita ghost. It's so orange. <laughs> <laughs> right, where were we? So... Fred first met Rose in 1969. Okay. Shortly after her 15th birthday. Holy crap. Okay. Wait, 1959? 69. 69. So, okay. I'm trying to work this out. So he's had a wife. He's had another mistress. Him and his wife are still together at this point. Him and his wife are still together. He's living with somebody else. And now also he's found... Well, he's not Rose. living with somebody else because oh, that she's... somebody else had been oh, waited. Yep, yep. Okay, okay. This is... Oh, I'm so confused. Uh, this is difficult for my little brain. Fred and Rose met at a Cheltenham bus station. I'm pretty sure there's only one bus station in Cheltenham. Yeah. I could be wrong. It's... I, I, I better know which one it is. Is it Cheltenham bus station? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guessed it. I'm so excited. Um, at first, Rose was repulsed by Fred, assuming As... that he was a tramp dr- due to his scruffy appearance, but quickly became flattered <laughs> by the attention that Fred was giving her. <laughs> I thought, it was a, thought he was a tramp. Um, to be honest, that that's uh, I think that's the sort of just a lot of Gloucestershire people give. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, but they actually became quickly flattered. By the fact that he kept flirting with her, even when she said no. <laughs> um, Rose refused to go on a date with Fred twice, but allowed him to accompany her home. <laughs> Look, you can... Will you go on a date with me? We're not going to dinner, but you can see where I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, we're not going... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and she, refused the de- she refused to date him twice. So it's like, look, this is a three-date deal or more. Only. <laughs> like, we're not... We asked for the first date... Nothing's happening until we get to the third day, okay? But you get, then you get to see where I live. Fred quickly learned that even though that Rose had never had a boyfriend, she was overtly promiscuous. 
Ooh, she good in the sack. He also got sympathy from Rose by claiming that he and his two daughters had been abandoned by his wife. The third time that Fred asked Rose on a date, she accepted, and the two began their relationship after that. Because of the third date rule, yeah. Rose would frequent the caravan park and look after the children when Fred wasn't there. She noted that Charmaine and Anna-Marie were neglected and initially treated them with care and affection. So, they'd run out of money to pay the social worker. <laughs> they just stopped answering the phone. <laughs> no, stop offering us pizza. It's it's before call or ID, but they just had that sense. The phone went off and they were like, oh, it's the Wests again. Like they'd go near it, the, the air was a bit hot, like the phone was weirdly sticky. <laughs> and they were like, oh no, it's him again. <coughs> I, I refuse to pick up on the first two rings. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, within weeks of meeting Fred, Rose quit her job to become the girl's nanny. Fred would give Rose money to give to her parents to convince them that she was still working. Okay. Because she had secretly quit her job. Okay. Several months later, Rose introduced Fred to her family, who were also disgusted by her choice in partner. Like, well, it seems like, you know, there's a running theme here. Fred be gross. Fred do be gross. Fred do be gross. Rose's mother concluded that Fred was a pathological liar and her father, who is a diagnosed schizophrenic who is believed to have molested Rose, uh, disapproved of their relationship, threatening Fred directly and promising to call social services if he continued to date his daughter. Well, when the criminal disapproves of the other criminal, then fucking hell, you know you're in a bad shit. Yeah. You're up shit creek. You're up, you're, you're up, you're up, uh, you're up incest creek without a condom. Uh, That's how bad it is. Uh, gross. <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, despite Rose's parents forbidding, forbidding, <laughs> forbidding her from dating Fred, she obviously defied their wishes. Mm. Being a teenage girl, she knows better. Knows better than to listen to her parents. Yeah. Um, they 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 visited Gloucester. It's okay. We'll get him, kid. <laughs> um, they visited Gloucester Social Services and explained to them that their fifteen-year-old daughter was daughter was fifteen-year-old daughter was dating an older man, and they and heard, they needed a babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> and they had heard rumors that she was prostituting out of his caravan. Well, was that were they right? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Rose was placed in a home for troubled teenagers in August, only allowed to leave under controlled conditions. On her 16th birthday... Only when they were at work. <laughs> on her 16th birthday, Rose left the home and returned to her pre- presence, parents. What was the age gap at this point? Uh, I'm not sure. Give me a second. Okay. No? No no clues? So he was 21 in 1962. And when did he meet her? In 1969. Okay, so he'd be 29. And she was 15. Yeah, so half his age. Giddy. Gross. Giddy file. Gross. Um, um, was, that the, was that the Ghostbusters? <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> <stop> <laughs> On her sixteenth birthday, Rose left home for the troubled teenagers. The home for the troubled teenagers. Home for troubled teenagers. Fucking 
fucking fuck. Um, and returned to her parents. Fred at the time was serving a jail sentence for theft and unpaid fines. Upon Fred's release, Rose left her parents' home and moved into a flat in Cheltenham that Fred was now living in. So he's left the caravan park. He's gone up in the world. Has he? Hmm. So how long has it been? He's still... So he's 30 years old, he's been living in a caravan, and now he's finally got a home. Yep. Which, unfortunately, we will never be able to experience. Because we are of the noughties generation. No. Wait. No. Where? Because we're millennials. Because we're millennials. If we weren't millennials, we'd be able to afford a home by now. Yes. Um, shortly after she moved in with him, Fred collected his children from social services. Okay. On October 17th, 1970, Rose gave birth to their first child, a daughter named Heather Ann. Oh, no. Speculation still remains that Heather is actually the daughter of Rose and her father, Bill. Ugh. Mm. Two months later, Fred was arrested again for theft and remained in prison until the 24th of June, 1971. As he served his sentence, Rose, have, <laughs> Rose, having just turned 17, looked after all three girls, insisting that Charmaine and Anna Marie referred to her as their mother. How close are we getting to the Moiders? Close. Yeah? Close. According to Anna Marie, herself and Charmaine were subjected to criticism, beatings, and other form of punishment under Rose's care. Hospital records show that Charmaine received treatment for a severe puncture wound to her left ankle on the 28th of March, 1971. She could have just stepped on a plug. This was explained away by Rose, who (laughs) who insisted (laughs) that it was from a household accident. Yeah, stepping on a plug. Stepping on an upturned Lego piece. A very sharp upturned Lego piece. Yeah? Yeah. When do we have to be done by? Um, pretty soon. Okay, I'll try and blast through this next bit. Okay. Rose is thought to have killed Charmaine shortly before Fred was released from prison. Wow, that was quick. You did blast through it. <laughs> Fucking hell. She's known to have taken the girls to visit Fred on the 15th of June and is believed that and it's believed that Charmaine was murdered either on or shortly after this date. A neighbour of Fred and... Uh-huh, neighbour of Fred and Rose gave a testimony at Rose's trial that her two daughters had been friends of Charmaine and Anna Marie. And on one... Oh, fucking hell. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay attention at school. I never learned it. Um, on one day in June, she had brought over one of her daughters to see Charmaine, only to be told by Rose that she had gone to live with her muddy and bloody good riddance. Bloody good riddance. Rose had, it, Rose had explained Charmaine's disappearance to others who had inquired about her whereabouts by claiming that Rena had taken her eldest daughter to live with her in Bristol. Ah, oh, that's where we are. Dogs. Dogs. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> she informed the staff at Charmaine's primary school that she had moved to London with her mother. When to buy a heat magazine. Yeah, exactly. Just one of the celeb a gossip. reference, sorry. When Fred was released from prison, he told Anna Marie that Charmaine had gone back to Scotland with her mother, and when Anna Marie asked why she wasn't taken as well, Fred told her it was because she wouldn't want you, love. You're the wrong colour. Oh. Charmaine's body so was initially stowed in a coal cellar in the Midland Road property where they lived, until Fred was released from prison. He later buried her naked body in the yard close to the back door of the property, and remained adamant they had not dismembered her. Subsequent autopsies suggested that her body had been severed at the hip and several bones were also missing. 
That sounds like a shovel accident. Not a household accident. No, he's like, well, unless, unless the shovel's made out of Lego. <laughs> Lego. It's a Lego shovel accident. Rena maintained sporadic contact with the children on each occasion she and Fred separated. Mm -hmm. Fred's sister-in-law recalled Rena was so depressed and extremely anxious about the welfare of the children. Being provided with Fred's address at Midland Road, Rena went to confront him, likely to discuss custody of her daughters. This was the last time anybody saw Rena alive. Uh, it's believed that she was strangled in the back of Fred's car. Rena's body was extensively dismembered and placed into plastic bags and buried close to a cluster of trees a mile away from Much Markle. He's enjoying Much Markle as a as a as a as a burial ground, isn't he? Well, it's keeping close to home, isn't it? Yeah. It's where he hunted rabbits when he was a kid. Hunting rabbits now he's hunting people. I think this is where we're going to have to stop for this episode. Okay. Because. Uh there's some juicy juicies coming up. Okay. And I'm... I don't want to get halfway into them and then have to stop. Okay. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, no problem. Okay, so, you've forgotten how to end these days, haven't you? It's been, been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Meg. I am still Lawrence. And next week we will continue to be killing in the name of Frank.